welcome to Tips to Keep You Healthy, Happy, and Motivated with host Kristen Harper. She's here to give you those extra tips that you don't always get from other health and wellness programs. Kristen has all the bases covered and just a bit more. Now, here is your host, Kristen Harper. Good afternoon, everyone. This is Kristen Harper, radio show host for Tips to Keep You Healthy, Happy, and Motivated. And today's episode, I planned on talking about the dangers of fluoride and um, plan to discuss dangers of fluoride and the negative effects on health. Also about the fluoride Action Network, which brings awareness to citizens, scientists, and policymakers on the toxicity of fluoride compounds, and also the debate over water fluoridation, and uh, much more. And my special guest, he's a prominent water fluoridation critic, executive director of the New York-based Fluoride Action Network, one of the largest organizations opposing water fluoridation worldwide. And his name is Dr. Paul Conet. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. And if you'd like to be a sponsor of my show, please reach out to me. Send me an email at Kristen, K-R-I-S-T-E-N, at KristenHarperSpeaks.com. You'll get a lot of exposure because my show is on two networks on Voice America on the Health and Wellness Channel, which is worldwide, and also on KFNX in Phoenix, Arizona. If you'd like to learn more about me, please go to my websites, perfecthealthconsultingservices.com, and you can check out my hair analysis packages there, which is a natural approach to healing the body, and also my speaking website, kristenharperspeaks.com. I am a health and wellness speaker. I just recently added my speaking demo, so you can definitely check that out on my homepage. And also wanted to give an update that I will be going to New Jersey on March 2nd. I will be at Rutgers University giving a speech on eating disorders, especially overcoming binge eating. I'm very excited. I'm actually leaving on Thursday, heading to Vegas and then flying out to New Jersey. Also, if you'd like to support the show, go to butcherbox.com forward slash Kristen Harper Speaks. You can go there to purchase healthy meats and that will support my show as well and they'll ship to your home. And also, I was recently interviewed in Canada by radio show host Drew Tadia, exploring Mind and Body radio show. And we talked about work and life balance for optimum health. And if you want to check out that interview, check out social media. I'm all over. You can even go to YouTube and type in my name, Kristen Harper. You can go to even Facebook to my health and wellness speaker page. You'll find the interview there. Kristen Harper Speaks, Google Plus, I'm everywhere. So I'm really excited to have my guest on today. It is an honor to have Paul here with me. Welcome to my show. Hi, Kristen. Good to be on it. Yes, and can you pronounce your last name? I want to make sure I'm pronouncing it correctly. Yeah, Connet rhymes with bonnet. Okay, okay, that's easy to remember. So you're doing okay today? Yep, I'm doing fine. Great. And if you could tell my listeners more about you and... Also about your trip, I know that you were on a trip recently, and then why are you so passionate about speaking out about the dangers of fluoride? Well, I've been involved with this now for 21 years. I didn't want the issue. Uh, In 1996, my wife uh, put a bunch of papers on my desk and said, dear, would you read these? And I said, what is it? And she said, fluoridation. I said, take take that away. These people are crazy. And that's the prevailing attitude. And it's a contrived attitude by those who continue to promote this archaic process of water fluoridation. They say we have all the authority and anybody opposed to us is a nitwit, a flat earth society, and so on. As I say, it's a contrived position. There is no science 
there's no solid science be, behind the mantra that fluoridation is safe and effective. In fact, the, the evidence that swallowing fluoride lowers tooth decay is very weak, and the evidence that it causes harm to the rest of the body is, is growing, growing intensely, in fact. Um, there was a remarkable event in September of 2017 when a 12-year, multi-million dollar funded study, a study funded by the United States National Institute of Health, the U.S. National Institute of Environmental Health Sciences, the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency, and the Ministry of Health in Mexico. This report was published uh, where the, the authors have between them produced 50, over 50 papers on the same kind of studies with neurotoxicity as this one was. And, and what they did was to measure the exposure of pregnant women to fluoride via the urinary fluoride levels. The levels of fluoride in the urine are a very good indicator of the total fluoride that the woman has been exposed to, whether it's from diet, whether it's from the water, whether it's from tablets, whether it's from toothpaste, the total will show up as fluoride in the urine. And then they looked at the IQ of the children of these women. There were th over 300 matched pairs, and there was a very strong correlation between the level of exposure to fluoride during pregnancy and a lowering of IQ in the children, a substantial lowering of IQ in the children, between five and six IQ points for the levels in the Mexican study, which turn out to be almost identical to the levels in fluoridated communities. So this wretched process may well be damaging the children's, our children's brains. And, and to, to me, this is utterly preposterous that it should go on for a minute longer, a day longer, a month longer, a year longer, uh, when you know that what's at stake is possibly your child's future or child's intellectual future. <clears throat> for what? For a, a, a theoretical lowering of tooth decay in children. A theoretical. Because after 70 years, they've never even conducted uh, the gold standard for epidemiology in terms of demonstrating effectiveness which is a randomized control trial, on this in this case, on an individual basis. So you would select individuals at random. One set of individuals would get the fluoride. The other set of individuals would get a placebo. And then you would see after one, two, three, five, whatever number of years, whether there was a measurable reduction in tooth decay that you could ascribe to fluoride exposure. Now, that's absolutely basic. That is, this is what you would have to do if you were the Food and Drug Administration and you wanted to approve a new drug. The drug company would have to show such an, what we call an RCT to demonstrate that the drug does what it says it does. And after 70 years, they've never done that. And, and the simple reason was, shortly after the U.S. Public Health Service endorsed fluoridation in 1950, any pretense any pretense at trying to find out the truth about fluoride's effectiveness or its safety went by the, the board. Once the policy was adopted, policy became king, science became a slave, a very few studies actually designed to, to, to see if there's anything happening in communities that were fluoridated, any harm was being caused, whether there were individuals in society who were more sensitive than others to fluoride, which is exactly what you would expect, and many, many other dreadful omissions. The science is shocking. But back to um, 1996, why was I so passionate about it? Well, first of all, there's a certain amount of guilt involved that I'd put this off. Three people had asked me to get involved before, and I had refused, saying I was too busy, which was uh, partly true. Um, I was busy being a professor of chemistry. I was teaching chemistry at a university uh, five days a week. And the other part of my time was mortgaged to the, uh, fighting incinerators. I fought incinerators and promoted other aspects of of, of better solutions in waste management for 32 years. 
And that now has taken me to 66 different countries in addition to the United States and Canada. So that issue kept me very busy. Teaching chemistry kept me very busy. I didn't want a third issue to fight for any time that was left over, and certainly not one that would stigmatize me as being Looney Tunes. But what I discovered from the papers that my wife gave me, that while whilst fluoride is not very reactive from a chemist's point of view, I mean, the, the, the very reactive entity is the element, fluorine. That's incredibly reactive. It reacts with every element in the periodic table, except two of the Nobel gases. Um, even reacts with asbestos. Uh, but it isn't fluorine that we're talking about. What they add to the water is a compound containing or re- re- releasing fluoride ions in solution. And it's the fluoride ions which are supposed to do all the magic of reducing tooth decay. But it turns out that the fluoride ions as I said, not reactive chemically, but very active biologically, interfering with hydrogen bonds, complexing with metals like calcium and magnesium and toxic metals like aluminium and lead and so on, plays havoc with biology. And, and the giveaway here, the giveaway was the very, very low level in mother's milk. When I saw how low the fluoride levels were in mother's milk, it told me a lot. It told me, A, that fluoride wasn't necessary for the baby's development. Otherwise, you're saying that nature screwed up, and she doesn't do that very often. So very, very low levels in mother's milk. And secondly, it's probably protective. It's a protective mechanism that baby's milk protects the newborn baby from fluoride's toxicity by keeping it away from the baby. And when we introduced water fluoridation, we removed that protection, or at least removed it from mothers or parents that bottle-fed their babies and used tap water to do it. Uh, Someone using tap water today in a fluoridated community to make up baby's formula is giving the baby approximately 200 times the level that mother, uh, that, um, Mother Nature wanted for the newborn baby. So we're, we're flying in the face of nature's wisdom, which is not a good thing to do. Yes, so and... Sure, that's why I'm passionate about it. I think it's a very, very stupid practice. I think it's, it's, it's dangerous in itself. It, the fluoride interferes with many, many different biological systems and, and tissues. It, it accumulates in the bone. It makes the bone more fragile over a very long period of exposure, but the first symptoms are like arthritis. It lowers thyroid function. It accumulates in the pineal gland and uh, interferes with the kidney and and on and on and on, which is, incidentally, what you would expect based upon its intense biological activity. You would expect a very widespread impact on the human body. And in fact... If you look elsewhere, nature has developed defense mechanisms in bacteria, in fungi, and some plants, and maybe even some animals. What these defense mechanisms involve is that if the species is exposed to high levels of fluoride, it switches on a gene which produces a protein which goes to the membrane of the cells of the tissue involved, and pumps the fluoride out of the, out of the cell, out of the tissue. Um, fluoride exporting proteins. Well, nature wouldn't develop a, a thing called a fluoride exporting protein if she felt that any biological system needed fluoride for uh, normal function. Uh, in fact, nobody has ever demonstrated anything inside the body anything in the mainstream of biochemistry which actually needs fluoride to function properly. And the only connection to the teeth, it's not an internal mechanism, the connection with the teeth is that fluoride iron topically on the surface of the teeth it interacts with the mineral and supposedly hardens that mineral of the enamel, uh, reducing tooth decay. But 
if indeed that is the mechanism, and that's certainly what the CDC, the Center for Disease Control Oral Health Division, now believes that the predominant mechanism of fluoride's benefit is topical, not systemic. In other words, you don't have to swallow it. It makes absolute nonsense of deliberately adding it to the drinking water. You don't want to swallow this toxic substance. You don't want your babies swallowing this toxic substance. You don't want pregnant women swallowing this toxic substance. You don't want infants swallowing this toxic substance. And you don't want elderly people swallowing it for the whole of their lives and accumulating in their bones. So when, they, when the CDC announced in 1999 that the predominant benefit of fluoride was topical, not systemic, that should have been the end of fluoridation. Because in addition to that, you've got the ethical issue of forcing a medicine on people even when they don't want it, even when they make it clear that they don't want it, uh, communities go ahead and fluoridate their water. And in effect, they're doing to everyone what a, a doctor can do to no one. A doctor cannot force you to take a medicine. He or she has to give you informed consent. He or she has to tell you what the medicine's good for, what they think it's going to help, and also tell you what the side effects are. And, w and when you've heard all that, you, the individual, are meant to make up your mind. That individual right, which is absolutely center of modern medical ethics, has been ripped away from whole populations. And it makes me very angry. Yes, absolutely. And uh, Dr. Paul Connett, uh, we actually have to go to a short break, but I have to tell you, I absolutely love your passion <laughs> in regards to this topic of fluoride. So this is Kristen Harper, radio show host. My show is Tips to Keep You Healthy, Happy, and Motivated on Voice America's Health and Wellness Channel and also on KFNX. Please stay tuned and we'll be right back. making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Kristen Harper is a health and wellness speaker and founder of Perfect Health Consulting Services. She inspires people all over the world to keep healthy, happy, and motivated. Get a virtual health coaching or hair mineral analysis package at perfecthealthconsultingservices.com to help you get healthy and stay healthy. Also, go to kristenharperspeaks.com to hire Kristen Harper, a health and wellness speaker, for one of your events. Be sure to visit both of Kristen's websites, perfecthealthconsultingservices.com and k-r-i-s-t-e-n harperspeaks.com. Now is the time to take your health to the next level and become the best version of yourself. What causes us to be sick? We're not talking about the actual illness or the scientific cause of illnesses. We're talking about your body and health. Listen for the healing whisper of return to peace. Each week, host Dr. Marianne Chase shows you how to listen to your heart to identify poor health, stress, and disease. You'll learn how to heal energetically and spiritually as well as physically. It's time to depend less on the drugs and more on the heart. The Healing Whisper airs live every Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health & Wellness. Can grief be good for you? Absolutely. It gets your attention, helping you evaluate your choices and relationships. Your losses define who you are. Tune in each week for Good Grief with host Cheryl Jones. Our show features those who have made incredible transformations by grieving their losses. You'll learn how to find your courage and strength. You'll discover the important things in your life and how to let go of things that are less important. Good Grief airs live Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Health & Wellness. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. 
Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You're listening to Tips to Keep You Healthy, Happy, and Motivated with Kristen Harper. If you would like to connect with her, reach out via email to Kristen at KristenHarperSpeaks.com. That's K-R-I-S-T-E-N at KristenHarperSpeaks.com. Now, back to Tips to Keep You Healthy, Happy, and Motivated. Hello, listeners. This is Kristen Harper, radio show host for Tips to Keep You Healthy, Happy, and Motivated. And today's episode is about dangers of fluoride. And my special guest is Dr. Paul Conette. And before the break, we were talking about the dangers of fluoride. And he was also talking about the negative effects on health, including lowered IQ, problems, you know, interfering with the thyroid, and much more. And I just absolutely love my guest's uh, passion and energy. What what a wonderful personality. And so, Dr. Paul Connett, can you just tell my listeners, where are you presently located now, and where are you from originally? Yeah, I grew up in England. I spent approximately half my life in England, half in the United States. And right now I live in Binghamton, New York, uh, home of SUNY Binghamton. And um, uh, that's three hours northwest of New York City. Okay. But, you know, talking about passion, the thing that really angers me most about this subject is the way that civil servants um, supporting this policy are willing to spin and massage the data and literally propagandists, they, they act as propagandists. And I'm talking about very respectable people, like medical officers of health in Canada, uh, push this fluoridation practice, uh, and regardless of the science, won't debate if they're challenged to debate, um, hold on to huge salaries because they are just prepared to be a puppet for policy. As I said before, when policy is king, science becomes a slave. And I've seen the same thing in Australia, the same thing in New Zealand, the same thing in Ireland, same thing in England, that civil servants who should be giving objective information to the decision-maker are, are beginning the process themselves. They're giving the spin to decision-makers, not the absolute objective truth. And that's what we deserve as taxpayers. That's what we have civil servants for, not to behave as propagandists. And the same thing applies to professional bodies. I think the innocent citizen out there, when they hear the words American Dental Association or the American Public Health Association or the American Medical Association, they think they're hearing gospel from professionals, professional bodies that only give you the truth as they see it. I mean, we all make mistakes, right? But the truth as they believe it to be the truth. We are not getting that from these professional bodies on fluoridation. Whether we get it on other issues, I don't know. But I do know that we're not getting the truth from these bodies on fluoridation. And let me give you one very specific example. At the beginning of the show, I told you about this very important study that was done in Mexico, but it was done by professors from the University of Toronto, Michigan, Mount Sinai, Harvard, and uh, University of Mexico. So a very distinguished body of researchers. It was a 12-year study. It was a multi-million dollar study, and it was funded by U.S. agencies. Well, on the day it was published, September the 19th, this is what the American Dental Association was quoted as saying. The American Dental Association examined a study in environmental health perspectives. That's where it was published based upon fluoride intake in Mexico, and concludes the findings are not applicable to the United States. The ADA continues to endorse fluoridation of public water as the most effective public health measure to prevent tooth decay. And that statement was issued just a very short time after the study was formally published. And to say it's not relevant to the United States is absolute nonsense. The, the 
the fluoride range of exposure in those pregnant women is almost identical to the range of exposure to pregnant women in the United States, and certainly in New Zealand, where I've just, just been. But in the same article that quoted the American Dental Association, listen to the lead investigator of the study, Dr. Howard Hugh, H.U., from the University of Toronto. His quote, This is a very rigorous epidemiological study. You just can't deny it. It is directly related to whether fluoride is a risk for the neurodevelopment of children. So to say it has no relevance to the folks in the United States seems disingenuous. So you hear those two side by side. Here's the American Dental Association saying it's not relevant to the United States and, and protecting tooth decay is the all-important thing. And here you have the lead author saying, good God. Well, he didn't say good God, but he could have done. He could have said, it's, it's a very rigorous epidemiological study. It's directly related to whether fluoride is a risk for the neurodevelopment of children. And, and I have to ask, and, and I'm sure you will ask too, what parent, what doctor would conclude that a child's mental development is less important than their dental development? I mean, it's preposterous. It's utterly preposterous, especially when you've heard the Center of Disease Control admitting that it works topically. And therefore, if you were to end fluoridation tomorrow, which we should do, you wouldn't be depriving any child of fluoride because that child, like millions of children in the United States, will be using fluoridated toothpaste. But using it appropriately by applying it directly to the surface of the tooth and not swallowing it and not exposing it to every uh, tissue in the body and, of course, not forcing it on people that don't, don't want it. So the, the obvious ethical and sensible medical solution to this problem is to switch the delivery system from putting it into everybody's drinking water and persuading people to use fluoridated toothpaste. I should add, however, that I haven't used fluoridated toothpaste for 21 years since I've studied this issue. So whilst I think it's more rational, it's more appropriate to use fluoridated toothpaste, I think we should keep fluoride as far away from the human body as we possibly can. In inevitably, we get some. There are some natural water supplies that have fluoride. We might have to take that, that fluoride out, as they're doing in India and China right now. Um, we should avoid uh, certain things in the diet which have a lot of fluoride in, like black tea, green tea, um, fish bones, and so on. Don't eat fish bones. Beware of mechani mechanically deboned uh, meat because the fluoride accumulates in the bones. So in an animal, chicken, beef, what have you, it's the little chips of bone which you can't see but are there if you mechanically debone the meat. So unfortunately, you have to avoid patties, you know, hamburgers and that kind of thing from the and meat. Yeah, and Dr. Paul Connett, I just wanted to tell you, too, about my experience. I recently went to go see a top holistic dentist in the world, and he's actually located in California. And he actually is able to heal and regrow teeth naturally. And based on his protocol, he doesn't recommend any type of fluoride. That's interesting. No, no, Very yeah, interesting. No, nothing as far as any, like, dental products. He doesn't recommend even the uh, fluoride in water. And what he does, I don't even use toothpaste at all, but his protocol, and he has different recommendations, but one of his protocols yeah. is actually you get vitamin, powdered vitamin C, you put it into water, and then you mix it up, and then you, and I usually use like a spring water or some other type of water, and then, yes, yeah. and, and then you put it into, uh, you mix it up, and you put it into a water pick, you spray your teeth with the water pick, and then afterwards, you paste your teeth with yogurt. So there's oh. no br there's no brushing teeth. It, you don't go every six months for cleaning. You don't do any of the, the normal things that you would do at a regular dentist. Yes, yes. So he doesn't well, recommend quite a fluoride of dentists at all. Who say, yeah, uh, I'm I'm not sure about the brushing. There's quite a number of dentists who say that 
brushing is the all-important thing, but you, you don't need fluoridated toothpaste. It's brushing your teeth with any kind of toothpaste or, or baking soda or whatever. Uh, that's the key, key thing. But you're taking it one stage further and, and stressing the nutritional things. Um, one of the things that our organization, the Florida Action Network, is promoting right now is an alternative strategy developed in Scotland and also in, in Denmark. Uh, the one in Scotland is called Child Smile. And there, the children, the first class they go to at any school, whether it's kindergarten, preschool, or, or whatever, the first thing they're done, uh, taught is how to brush their teeth, how to do it properly. And the second thing is that they get healthy snacks in school, vegetables, raw vegetables, etc. Uh, no sugary foods, no sugary drinks, and so on. And the, and the beautiful aspect of it is that they also involve, as early as possible, the parents of the school children, because the parents need to be educated on these techniques, on the dietary aspects, and so on. But in particular, if you have early um, uh, contact with the parents, you can educate them about the number one ravage of primary teeth. And that is a, a condition called baby bottle tooth decay. And a baby bottle tooth decay is caused when a baby sucks on a bottle with the teeth on, um, yeah, sugared water, um, fruit juice, um, milk, uh, even, heaven help us, Coca-Cola. Anyway, the parents using this as a pacifier because they're so busy, so to keep the, the kid quiet, the baby quiet, you give the pacifier, suck, 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 suck. And what it does is it rots the top teeth to the gums. And that leads to extractions under anesthesia. And it, that's very traumatic for young children. We're talking about children under five here. Very traumatic for them and very expensive to the medical system to have those extractions under anesthesia. And so when Scotland introduced this program, they've had it for about a dozen years now, not only have they had a dramatic decline in tooth decay, even better than New Zealand. You can compare Scotland with New Zealand, very similar size populations and so on. And they're beating New Zealand on every statistic with this simple approach, rather than putting fluoride into the water, which is what many of the towns in New Zealand do. Um, and it's halved the cost, halved the cost to get better results. I mean, that sounds too good to be true, but it is true. And the reason it's true is by getting close contact with the parents, you can educate them not to allow this baby bottle tooth decay to educate them not to let the baby suck on something for hours on end and ruin their top teeth. And again, back to integrity or lack of integrity. I have seen medical officers of health in pictures, on postcards, hold up pictures of baby bottle tooth decay and indicate to the audience that this is caused by lack of fluoride. So they show these awful teeth and then say the way you avoid this is fluoridating the water, which is absolutely nonsense. It's dishonest. It's intellectually dishonest because they should know that there's no difference in the um, prevalence of baby bottle tooth decay between fluoridated and non-fluoridated communities. Where you find a difference is between low-income families and high-income families. You'll high, find more baby bottle tooth decay in low-income families than you do in high-income families. And again, to add another layer of dishonesty into this, promoters of fluoridation attach themselves to this notion that most of the tooth decay is concentrated in low-income families to persuade people that that's why we need to fluoridate. We, we pull on the heartstrings. We've got to do this for poor children. In fact, we do have to do a lot for poor children in terms of diet, in terms of education. But we shouldn't be giving them poison. And in fact, the last children, the very last children who need their IQ lowered are children from low-income families because they already have so many strikes against them. They don't need another. So whether or not 
for some professionals, these are really good intentions. They've certainly gone awry. That this is now we know that fluoride can lower the IQ of children at relatively low levels, I, and I do mean low levels. One of the studies that we <clears throat> analyzed found that 1.4 milligrams of fluoride a day lowered the IQ in one Chinese study by five IQ points. Wow. I should say, to be absolutely correct, a lowering of five IQ points was associated with an exposure of 1.4 milligrams of fluoride per day. Well, a child can easily um, get in excess of 1.4 milligrams a day if you add up exposure from water, fluoridated water, from fluoridated toothpaste, from pesticide residues, from levels in tea, and, and so on. Yes. So we need to actually, sorry to interrupt, we need to go to another short break. And this is Kristen Harper, radio show host. My show is Tips to Keep You Healthy, Happy, and Motivated. My special guest is Dr. Paul Conet. We are talking about the dangers of fluoride. My show is on Voice America on the Health and Wellness Channel and also on KFNX. Please stay tuned and we'll be right back. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Kristen Harper is a health and wellness speaker and founder of Perfect Health Consulting Services. She inspires people all over the world to keep healthy, happy, and motivated. Get a virtual health coaching or hair mineral analysis package at perfecthealthconsultingservices.com to help you get healthy and stay healthy. Also, go to kristenharperspeaks.com to hire Kristen Harper, a health and wellness speaker, for one of your events. Be sure to visit both of Kristen's websites, perfecthealthconsultingservices.com and k-r-i-s-t-e-n harperspeaks.com. Now is the time to take your health to the next level and become the best version of yourself. Healthcare has been a major part of news stories today with one thing that has been consistent, inconsistency. Both healthcare providers and patients have to work around and get used to a constantly changing set of rules and issues. Nurses have historically been left out of this decision-making. Listen to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing with host Leanne Meyer. Health professionals, we invite you to share your ideas and experiences while listening to experts in various areas of nursing. Listen Mondays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health & Wellness. Tune in every Tuesday for C. diff, spores, and more with host Nancy Kerala. Our program is to provide information about C. diff, healthcare-associated infections, and more. Nancy is a C. diff survivor, healthcare professional, and founder and executive director of the C. diff Foundation. Together with her guests, we'll explore C. diff infection prevention, treatments, environmental safety, and more. Listen every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Health & Wellness. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You're listening to Tips to Keep You Healthy, Happy, and Motivated with Kristen Harper. If you would like to connect with her, reach out via email to Kristen at kristenharperspeaks.com. That's K R I S T E N at kristenharperspeaks.com. Now, back to tips to keep you healthy, happy, and motivated. Hello, this is Kristen Harper, radio show host. My show is Tips to Keep You Healthy, Happy, and Motivated. Today's episode is about dangers of fluoride. I have been talking to Dr. Paul Conette, and 
I just want to say that I agree with him completely. We need to be focusing on nutrition. So I truly believe everyone, including children, should be eating healthy. There's no exceptions. And that's how you can prevent uh, tooth decay. And also, I, I talked about before the break, I, I saw a holistic dentist. He's one of the top in the world. And he is known to you know, to help people regrow their teeth naturally. And I know his protocol works because when I was, was there and I was following his protocol for probably two or three months before my appointment in December, I had a feeling and part of my feeling actually came out and the tooth regrew. So there's no hole there. So huh. when, you, when you hear mainstream and they say that enamel cannot be regrown, that is absolutely not true. And I have images to prove it. So uh, we need to be eating healthy and living a healthy lifestyle. And I agree about um, the problems with water fluoridation and even fluoride and dental products and all that. So before we um, get to the end of the show and we have my listeners contact uh, Dr. Paul Conned and see if you know we can help his efforts. And also I want him to talk about his book and his website and his organization but in the meantime, real quick, I just wanted you to uh, talk about you guys recently, last year, I believe, is filed a lawsuit which yes. seeks which seeks to ban the fluoride additives used in community water fluoridation. If you could just talk about this real quick here. Yes, we, we join with a number of other important groups like Food and Water Watch, Organic Consumers Association, the International Academy of Oral Medicine and Toxicology, that's a dental group, the American Academy of Environmental Medicine, about six groups in all. We filed a petition under TUSCA, the Toxic Substances and Control Act. This act, Toxic Substances Control Act, allows citizens to petition to ban the use of a certain chemical if they can present the reasons why. And we presented all the evidence that fluoride is neurotoxic. There's over 300 animal and human studies, 52 IQ studies, in addition to this Bashar study that came out in 2017. That was the clincher, really, because all the criticisms of the previous IQ studies were fully addressed in the Bashar study, and it was a government-funded study, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So we filed this petition under Tosca asking the EPA to ban the deliberate addition of fluoride to the drinking water. We didn't touch naturally occurring fluoride. We just said you shouldn't add it to the water. The EPA should prohibit the deliberate addition of fluoride to the drinking water, A, because it's neurotoxic, and B, because there are alternative ways topical ways of applying fluoride. The EPA had 90 days to reject or accept our petition. They rejected it as we expected, but they rejected it on its merits, which now allows us to go to federal court and get a federal judge to do a, 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 to examine the issues, both sides, which is just what we want, a judge and jury. I don't know if we're going to get the jury, but we're going to have an independent view of who has the, the literature. Uh, are we right to be concerned, or is the EPA right to simply blow it off, ignore, essentially ignore the neurotoxicity studies? Well, the first hurdle we had to cross was the EPA introduced a motion to dismiss the case, just throw it out right from the word go. The judge heard from both sides, including my son. My son is the lawyer on this, by the way and um, heard from both sides and declared, no, the, the motion that has to be considered. Our petition has to be considered. And then the next thing that the EPA tried to do was to get um, limit the discovery to the, just the record, just the uh, record, which would have excluded some of more recent studies, uh, excluded cross-examination of experts, discovery, and so on. And the judge threw that out. That, that takes us up to... February the 7th that occurred and now it's all stations go to raise money to get our expert witnesses together to discover everything we have to discover which will probably take a year or maybe even longer to do but it's very very exciting I mean I've waited for 21 years for the possibility that their experts will be cross-examined under oath 
uh, hitherto they get away with public relations. Public relations. They spin and spin and spin. They they use ad nauseum their so-called authority, the list of who they are, dummy reviews, reviews where they handpick the people to review the literature, and they usually pick pro-fluoridation people. They've been doing that consistently over over many years in Australia, New Zealand, in Ireland, in England, in Canada, and of course in the United States. Anyway, so we've got, we're going to get our day in court, literally our day in court, and I couldn't imagine a better lawyer for this purpose than my son, Michael, who, before he became a lawyer, um, developed our webpage. He, he came to us in 2000 and said, Mom and Dad, I'd like to help you with the fluoridation issue. We were incredibly surprised. We had no idea he was interested, but he was, and he developed our webpage, Fluoride Alert. Dot org. Make sure people spell fluoride correctly. It's F-L-U-O-U-O, not O-U. Think of flu. Fluoridealert.org. And it's, one, it's got the biggest health database anywhere in the world. And you can find that by going to the top right-hand corner on the homepage and click on the, bu- the button Researches. If you go to Researches, you get access to all the health data. So if you put in, go to that researchers, and then at a convenient moment, just put in, say, brain. You'll get all the studies on the brain. Put in the word kidney. you get all the studies on the kidney, and so on and so on and so on. It's a real gold mine for students, for academics, and anybody else that wants to get the straight scientific truth on this. And then, if you, in the middle of the home page at the top, you'll see the words fan TV, and that would take you to a whole series of videotapes, video interviews, um, and a very easy way to assimilate information from um, pretty straightforward videotapes in some cases. Some cases they get a bit more dense, but you can, you can pick and choose. My two favorites are professional perspectives on water fluoridation. That's 28 minutes long, and it's 15 scientists from around the world including a Nobel Prize winner, former scientist at the EPA, former dentist, etc., explaining why this is such a bad practice. And I think that's very convincing. Uh, and and if anybody who has an open mind, I think, will be convinced that even if you believe in fluoride's benefits at the topical level, it doesn't make sense to put it in the, in the water. And another one I like is my son's one, 10 Facts About Fluoride, and that's only 20 minutes, and it's crystal clear, and it's short, and there's a colored brochure which goes with that. So there's a gold mine there, fluoridealert.org. And also along the top of the homepage is a revolving masthead with all the hot issues which are coming up, including the lawsuit, this um, study from Mexico, and so on. They're all there. You can click on those and get all the background information. And below that revolving masthead, you get the latest news from around the world. That's something my wife does daily. She gets all the news being published everywhere in the world on every aspect of fluoride, and she puts in a little summary. And then if you go to those summaries, they're linked to all the other information from the state or the country in question or the topic in, in question. So that is another gold mine. It's gold mine on top of gold mine on top of gold mine. Um, and then the book. Uh, in 2010, I published a book with two other co-authors, um, James Beck, MD, PhD. He's a retired professor of physics from Calgary. And um, Spedding Micklem, who's a retired professor of biology from Edinburgh. And so you had a retired professor of physics, a retired professor of chemistry, that's me, and a retired professor of biology, Spedding Micklem. And the three of us examined the literature, all the literature, and our task was to show that there was a scientific case against fluoride, fluoridation. The book is called The Case Against Fluoride, How Hazardous Waste Ended Up in Our Drinking Water and the Powerful Politics That Keep It There. But let's keep it simple, The Case Against Fluoride. And um, we understated, not overstated the issue. 
We documented every single fact with, with the literature. We have 80 pages of references to, to the literature supporting everything. We made our case transparent. And I remember the first time I presented the book in public was in New Zealand. I was invited to the Minister of Health, Ministry of Health in Wellington. And I went through the book. We only expected two or three people. There were about 20 people. So obviously they're interested. I went through the whole book. I got to the end. I said, look, you, as three opponents of fluoridation, three retired professors, we've done everything that you could expect opponents of, a, of an issue would do. We, we've documented everything. We've made it all transparent. Um, there it is. I said, we've done our job. Now it's your turn. This is your practice in New Zealand. You promote water fluoridation. Please assign one, two, three members of your staff to go through our book and tear it to pieces. Show us where we're wrong. Show us where we're wrong. Um, they've never done that. After eight years of waiting, I've never got anything back in writing from the Ministry of Health. And what's irritating about this is that, meanwhile, the ministers of health go on television and berate opponents of fluoridation like me as misleading, misrepresenting the literature. Well, that's a foul. That really is a foul for a minister to do that when his own ministry has been challenged to respond to our book. He's had all our arguments. He's had eight years to show if we've been misrepresenting or misleading. He hasn't done it. You can't have it both ways and not uh, and declare that you're a responsible official. It's, it's just unacceptable. But this is fairly typical. In yeah. 21 years, um, I haven't had more than maybe half a dozen debates. The, the, the proponents uh, assume the luxury of taking a position, a solo position in public, and expect people to believe them because they have a white coat on or because they're a dentist, because they're a doctor, or they're a health official or a government official. They expect that they will be accepted. Their arguments will be accepted at face value. And okay, all the and, time being willing and, and, to and, and, Paul, a, a, and Dr. Conant, I'm so sorry. We're actually at the end of the show right now. But okay. I just want to th- I just want to thank you and your family for all the hard work that you've been doing. And um, listeners, please go to his website. We definitely need to support this organization, fluoridealert.org, and definitely get his book. I plan on getting his book as well. This is Kristen Harper, radio show host. My show is Tips to Keep You Healthy, Happy, and Motivated on voiceamerica.com and also on KFNX. Have a wonderful week. Many blessings. Thank you for being a part of the show this week. Tips to keep you healthy, happy, and motivated with your host, Kristen Harper, can be heard live every Tuesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Kristen can't wait to speak again next week.